Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Already in session. It's our continued Valentine's Day episode. Mm. Uh, we got some more love to give you, mm. so let's get right back into it. All right. So next up, uh, we're getting into the more substantial ones uh, as far as like length and complexity. I, uh, the listener writes, I'm a super chub and my weight limit for attraction seems to top out around 300 pounds. I can't see with chaser vision, so I find that when I try to take nudes for dating apps, uh, the ones that get the most attention always surprise me. Any recommendations on photographing myself for a chaser's gaze? How erotic <laughs> can it really be that my hard dick is almost entirely obscured by my fat pad? Very, very, very much by the so. way. Very, like, very much so. Yes. Uh, where's the good chub porn so I can do market research? Which oh. is an interesting question at the end of this already interesting question. You know, it's funny because I, I, I have been asked this over the years many, many times. Yeah. Because as, as the author says, they're like, I don't find this attractive. What mm-hmm. am I, what am I photographing? Yeah. And you know, my, my flippant response is the worse you look, the more we're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and not because we don't, not because we see it that way, but like in your eyes, it's the, probably the opposite mm-hmm. of if what you yeah. think. Yeah. If you think that this showcases your flaws, we will probably go nuts for it. Or as I've sometimes said with, you know, newbie chubs that I've gone to bed with, I, I give them like a, a trigger warning, which is I will probably be the most excited about the parts of your body you are least proud of. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you take that into a photography session of you think of like, what is the stuff that you actively try to hide and it has to do with your size, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't, it, it's probably something that we will go nuts for. The buried dick in the fat pad is a huge turn on for, yeah. I, I can't think of anybody it's not a turn on for, but there's probably somebody, I would say like, it probably cuts off for people who are not into super chub size guys, but Maybe. in that case, they're probably not. Looking you're, at your you're profile. Not, they're, yeah. yeah, they're not eligible. For if, they're not potential anyway. Yeah. 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 I, as far as practical advice, I don't know if this applies to every chaser, but for me, um, I v- almost always prefer uh, photos taken in repose, like lying down or lounging. I feel like the shape, to me, as the opposed shape to of what? the body, as opposed to standing. Oh, all right. To, to me, the shape of the body looks that much more, I don't know, it, it, it does a lot more for me. Does it feel like landscape to you? It's not even that. I think it's just the way that things are arranged. Fall and lying down. And, and there, yeah, cascade, there's, yeah. And I think typically the way people are lit generally is from above. And so when you're standing, you get a lot of like mm-hmm. shadows that don't necessarily flatter you that much. I agree with you that it's all about the lighting. And yeah, you're right. I think if they're laying down, perhaps that solves some of the lighting problems. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with standing pics. I prefer standing pics to a lot of what I get are seated belly pics, mm, which yeah. I don't find very interesting or very truthful because, mm-hmm. you know, something that focuses on the belly while you're sitting, I'm not going to be making love to you sitting down. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in that position, it's not. And it's also something that's also a thing for me is I want to see your body. Mm-hmm. And I don't even have to, it's not that I even need to see it nude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a really amazing picture can be, you know, you standing in front of your car with jeans and, you know, a snug sweater or t-shirt, not tight, yeah. but just not, not drapey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where somebody can just see your form and you're fully clothed mm-hmm. and you're standing next to your car because you love your car. That's great to me. 
because it gives me an impression of who you are and what you're built like and kind of the scale of things. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I very much agree with that. Yeah. I think um, because he was looking for asking for examples of where the porn is. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily, this isn't porn, but I think however chubby on Instagram. Oh, that's oh, has yeah, a ton yeah, of yeah. pictures and also some tutorials on how to light yourself, how to compose pictures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh, there was a, a NAFA webinar he gave on kind of like an intro to kind of fat photography, fat photography. I can't remember exactly what the framework was. And he does almost exclusively men, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if you go to, I mean, dare I say it, Tumblr or Instagram and you look at uh, body positive photos they're gorgeous mm-hmm. uh mostly women but some men i mean i haven't done the deep dive into this the way that you guys have but what i <laughs> what i did notice was that uh it seems like since most fat imagery that was originally presented was female mm-hmm. and because they were trying to present it in a beautiful light they would emphasize the femininity of the figures at the in that early phases of photography i feel like from what I've looked at, it looks like that standard of beauty sort of has transferred over to male nude fat photography where it seems to emphasize the same uh, poses that women use rather than traditional male models. It depends. I find, because I, I look at a lot of this. No, I find, I find that. No. Yeah, I find that, you know, when you get to the super chub size, there is a sort of blurring of gender. Yeah. Which, and it's really funny because I'm really, really gay. I'm really homosexual. You know, I'm really into guys. But when it comes to super chubs, I don't have, I, it doesn't bother me. I think you and I have yeah. talked about this, Michael. Yeah. I don't like, like, you know, their dick is swallowed by their fat pad. That's too super hot. Yeah. Do I find that feminizing? Not in the slightest. I don't know. Just, I mean, rationally, you'd think, well, geez, Dan, how does it not? No, but, just, just the, it, it's not the act of it. It's literally the way the bodies are arranged right, right. for the so, shots. So there's one thing is that, you know, a lot of super chubs, they're going to look more feminine than masculine because fat tends to do that. Fat tends to erase gender. But there's also the pose, which is maybe what you're talking about, Don, mm-hmm. where these certain feminized cheesecake poses, which I'm not drawn to. Because yeah. they are they're feminine poses to a gay male to a to a male gaze yeah. and usually to a straight male gaze and 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 it just occurs to me almost as hyper feminine I've, even on a man. Mm-hmm. I would I would for me I would focus more on what feels if we're going for that like what feels mm. right to you what feels right to you like yeah because you gotta you can you can go that direction if that's like if that's a, a an amount of self expression that feels exciting to you. Go for it. Well, Absolutely. Well, plus, if that's who you really feel like and that's how you operate in the world, then why would you want a guy who isn't into that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You gotta yes. represent yourself. Yes. Yeah. It 100%. might take a little bit of introspection if we're if we're going the route of presenting yourself in ways that are viewed as traditionally more masculine or feminine. I would really just encourage you to focus on if that is a thing for you at all, yeah. focus on what feels right to you mm-hmm. and then go that direction. Even if it feels a little scary or, you know, revealing somebody out there and probably multiple somebodies are going to be super, super into that even more so than if you did something slightly more generic. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you'll, you'll find, you'll find your audience, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. All right. Our next question I'm a chaser in my early 20s, and a friend of mine who's a chub was joking about how he'd love to see how I'd reacted in a uh, intimate social setting with a bunch of other chubs, like at an event or a chub night at a bar. 
The more I thought about my answer, the more uncomfortable and embarrassed I felt because my honest answer disappointed me. I think I'd be painfully awkward and reticent around all the handsome fat folks. I accepted being sexually attracted to fat men before I realized I was gay. Uh, Chasers having different, oh, moments from the gay peers and all that jazz. I've never really seen it as weird like fat people just exist and they're really hot. But I still find myself intimidated by fat men. Oh, yeah. I know this greatly infuriates Chubbs and understandably so, but I am genuinely terrified of coming across like a creep. The logical part of my brain says just act normal, duh, but much easier said than done. (laughs) I worry about having the same energy as a straight man who's around an attractive woman ray out of his league uh, in an intimate way for the first time in his life. They don't know how to handle themselves and wind up coming across toxic or just plain creepy, sometimes both. And I'm distinctly aware that Chubbs routinely deal with horrible chasers who dehumanize them, and I would hate to contribute to that. Not to mention chasers are constantly hyper-aware there is novelty to the interaction due to scarcity, which adds even more pressure to make a good impression. That coupled with the general expectation that it's the chaser's job to make the first move, we chase after all, adds even more pressure. I just don't want my nervousness <laughs> to be mistaken for being a creep oh, or my baby. attempts at being flirty mistaken at being a sleaze. I'm in my early 20s, so I have very limited experience with flirting in general, and I'm yeah. an introvert, so I know that colors my anxiety around this. But I would appreciate any tips or insights on how to best handle these feelings or show up in these uh, scenarios, especially from Michael and Dan, who may have had similar feelings in the past. Mm-hmm. I, similar feelings, similar history. Yeah. I didn't know I was gay until I was 20. I knew I was into fat when I was five. Mm-hmm. So I totally get what he's talking about. And for me, the reason you feel like, well, duh, just be normal, dude. The reason that doesn't work is because all through elementary school, all through high school, and maybe to some extent through college, it didn't matter. There were no sexual stakes when you interacted with men or women or anybody. There were no sexual stakes, so it didn't matter. So it was easy to be normal. Nothing was in the way of it. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh my God. (laughs) And you had no practice. (laughs) And and the thing is, all your peers learned to deal with this when they were like 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they were getting the hormones. Mm -hmm. And now you're 24 because basically, you know, Chubs and Chasers generally, I say, are about five to 10 years behind the curve. Yeah. The stuff that your your heterosexual peers worked out at 14, you're working out at 19, 24, something like that. Yeah. So I totally get the mess you're in. <laughs> um, what I would say is this, a practical piece of advice is, you know, you're in your own head and that's <laughs> that's a terrible place to be when you're sitting across from a beautiful fat man. So what I would say is, you want to get in, you know, you're already into them. Be over there in the sense that, you know, they're talking, Be what are they talking about? Why are they talking about that? Put your attention on them. And if you find yourself getting nervous or you find yourself like, oh my God, I'm getting so nervous. You can actually say like, oh my God, I can't believe how nervous I am sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, like Dom, if someone said like, I- I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you just said. I just am so distracted by you. Are you going to be offended? Oh God, No. Um, I'm trying to think of what the, the cascade of reactions would be. Um, first off feeling deeply complimented. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, I think I would feel uplifted sort of in a way that's outside of just the sexual, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a validation that a lot of fat guys don't get. 
mm-hmm. yeah. very often, especially not presented so plainly. And, and so the moral of my story here is just tell the truth. Yeah. I mm-hmm. So I was also going to say basically the exact same thing, and I 100% agree with that. And I think the way to look at it from my point of view, having a lot of that same kind of inner monologue of going back and forth between, I don't want to be this, and I don't want to be this, but I do want this, and I got it. I think the most potent way to undercut being perceived as sleazy is to make yourself vulnerable. Yes. Which Mm -hmm. expressing that kind of like, I'm sorry, but I'm just really nervous sitting next to you. That is, that will, I think for most well-adjusted people will completely diffuse any amount of sleaziness that they may have been perceiving from you, even if obviously it's not the case. Mm -hmm. And I think even just the fact that you have this awareness of like the concern yeah. Of being sleazy and no, like taking into consideration people's possible histories with being abused. Like you're already so far ahead of the curve. I mean, yeah. I, I promise so, you, <laughs> I promise you, no one who is sleazy is worried about being sleazy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It will, it will, I would think barring any like baggage that the chub might be bringing to the situation, it will radiate off of you just because you're already thinking about all this Mm -hmm. stuff already. Like you're already ahead of the curve. I feel like we also get a lot of sexual baggage growing up as Americans where we're, we're not very sex positive. Right. So if you're finding yourself in the first time in your life in a situation, like Dan said, with sexual stakes, like that's going to do, it's not just that it's not just, Oh my God, sex is at stake. It's, in American mentality, I think we fight against it. We tell ourselves it's wrong and bad. So. I, I think that may be true for a lot of, yeah. I don't know if it's true of this particular listener, but that's yeah. true of a lot of listeners where mm. it's like, I'm having a sexual feeling yeah. that's wrong. So yeah. be sure to be sure to like check in with yourself while you're having this stuff and uh, forgive yourself if you know, you're maybe a little more thirsty than you realized. It's okay. I mean, yeah. That- and, and I also think it's valid that it may seem to you in your body that your sexual feelings seem so much stronger than everybody else's. Mm. Mm. And part of that is the optical illusion because, you know, you're more in touch with them. Part of that is they have more experience dealing with it than you do because they've been dealing with it since they were 13 or 14. The normies. And yeah. Yeah. And part of it is it could just be true. Because oh, I, th- I think it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. If you've ever seen a chaser the, vibrate. I yeah. was going to say, I think... <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I have, I have come across this experience in a way that I did not know how to deal with where the feeling is like, I don't know how to achieve a balance here where I'm not so, so over the top interested in this other person. Um, and, and feeling like there, there could never possibly be a way for them to reciprocate because I'm just so far up here and like (laughs) nobody could possibly reach the heights of Mount Olympus that I'm on right now. I have helped chasers see God. (laughs) (laughs) And that God was me. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It happens like that way for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Good job, everybody. We solved it. Um, hopefully that helps. Declare victory and depart the field. So from our next listener, um, hey guys, I'm a 40-year-old black chub. I'm starting to get back out into the dating world after a 10-year hiatus. Mm. To make a long story short, my 20s were filled with bad sex and worse men, so I took a break to focus on my career, a 10-year break. No men, no dating, just business and family and friends. I tried getting back on the apps, Grinder, Growler, Jacked, Scruff, Bigger City, Tinder, Hinge, but after a few months, I gotta say my experiences there have been terrible. Name calling, body shaming, 
death threats. Jeez. Uh, Jeez. I had thought based on what I had seen online that gay men were uh, more accepting and open to fat guys, but I'm finding the exact opposite in the quote unquote real world, so to speak. Uh, I'm ready to get back out there and maybe find love one day or at least one good lay. But where do you meet chasers these days? I'm not ready to do the big in-person events yet. I've never done gay clubs or things like that in the past without my social anxiety flaring up. Help me, guys. Where are the decent men hiding? I mean, I have a few things background, but I mean, I'm not sure I should start. I, I, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here's, I something, here's something I would say. There is definitely a correspondence between what you're putting out there and what you're getting back. Now, does racism exist out there? Fuck yes. Right. Does mm -hmm. nastiness and body shaming exist out there? Fuck yes. So I'm not blaming the victim here. Mm -hmm. However, you may have noticed that not everybody's encountering this. So what's the difference? And I think part of the difference can be, you know, if you say you're an introvert, if you say you've not been in the scene for 10 years, if you say that you're not ready for a big event yet, what you might find is that you're attracting people who are treating you as an object, as a, uh, as a one-time thrill, as mm. a, be, because you're not putting your whole self out there, they're only relating to one tiny part of you, which is that you are an object of fat. Mm. That could be the case. I don't know. I haven't seen your ad. I haven't seen your pictures. So I'm kind of guessing here, but I do know that is a phenomenon that exists when, when we go out there and we only put a small part of ourselves out, mm -hmm. people only respond to us as if we are a small piece. And that can be objectifying, that can be insulting, that can be a whole lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, like I said, you put the racism in there and you get the, well, we've been down that track you know, on another, another episode. Mm -hmm. But oh, if there's a way to be more present in a chub chaser environment, even if it's just a group of fat guys, even if you just have a group of fat friends, which I wonder, I wonder if the, if the writer has a group of fat friends, because a lot of fat people don't know any other fat people, mm -hmm. especially if they're highly plugged into professional groups where, you know, they're the only fat guy. Uh, it, it could be that maybe you just need some more fat friends to kind of help you through this. I don't I, know. What do yeah, you think? Yeah. Let, I was going to say, let the, uh, let the other chubs in your life do the work for you. Have they hooked up with somebody that they say, Hey, this person's awesome. They're not looking mm -hmm. for a relationship, but they're really fun. Go, like, is there, have other people vetted the chasers of the, of your area already? And if so, like, maybe you can kind of skip some of that initial, I, like, I always, <laughs> I love doing that, especially like at events, having, you know, like a couple chub prints where I'm like, I know their tastes, and I'll be like, oh, you should talk Play to Play a them. matchmaker. Like you, you will have fun with this person, especially because in, in terms of certain things, like I have a friend and like we have similar tastes and I'm like, you will very much enjoy this person. <laughs> and they will reciprocate, be like, oh, yes, you should talk to them. You will have a good time. <laughs> and I, I think that can be good. Um, I mean, that's part of that's a very unique kind of fat mutual aid. <laughs> um, True. I think, I mean, it's so hard to say because within different cities and like the apps, I feel like I'll cycle in terms of like what the vibe is on them. Hmm. I find it also significant that of all the dating sites that he lists, 
the only one that's Chub Chaser is Bigger City. Mm-hmm. He actually uh, Growler is very friendly, I mean, but not for us. Primarily, don't make that mistake. It's bear, not for us. I would say. I mean, it's certainly not exclusive. And they have of Chub and, and Super Chub settings for. They, certain yeah, I know, but it's, it's not part for of us. it. But it's yeah, it's not for us. Like okay. Bigger City is. I'm not saying he Chubs shouldn't. I mean, I, I would I'm not saying he shouldn't be on Growler, but I'm saying that I see that Chaseable is missing, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much attention he's putting on Bigger City. But if you're depending on the apps, on especially on mobile apps, um, also keep in mind that it casts a web in sort of your immediate vicinity, right? Mm-hmm. So traveling and using the apps actually can be very helpful if if you're just looking for an encounter, like. Oh, because you're fresh meat. And you're fresh city? meat. Oh, yeah. It's yep. uh, every time I travel, like holy crap, my I need to turn off the the apps for oh, a little you're, while. Oh, your Brad Pitt, wherever like, you go, yeah. Don lands and his phone just explodes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've like I've I've never hooked up with anyone in Seattle, but apparently, like Seattle is where I would be. Like, you could sell me by the pound. I hear a lot. Um, yes, it's true. Actually. I hear a lot about Seattle. I don't you know Seattle what's would be a good match. Yeah, yeah. Be, I don't yeah. I don't understand why that is. Because um, you're it. You're it. You're it. You're so fucking Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can see that. But you know, but if you, I think if you don't travel a lot and you're checking, you keep checking the apps, you're going to start making yourself feel bad because mm-hmm. you feel like no one likes me. Like, well, if you walked ten miles that way, you might have a thousand people who like you. So don't depend on them too much, and don't, don't, don't let these apps help you sell, shape your self image in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I interactions on apps can be so toxic so quickly mm-hmm. that it's I personally I have a hard time recommending anything that's yeah. hookup based. Oh, and if like, the guy you're talking to is a sergeant in the Middle East, um, <laughs> no, he's oh, not. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not. <laughs> don't give him your WhatsApp number. <laughs> there are a lot of lonely sergeants in the Middle deployment. East who happens to live like a mile from me when he gets back home. <laughs> if only he can get enough money to do it. Uh-huh. <sighs> Scams. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things. I, I, I find, I, I mean, this is not necessarily strictly speaking dating advice. But hobbies, hobbyisms, getting involved with groups that are passionate about mm-hmm. your hobbies, mm-hmm. things that you're passionate with. I find that when I'm doing that is when I'm at my most. I'm, I'm at my happiest and I'm at my best, which is also when I'm at my most attractive. And yeah, I've met people that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah. He mentions social anxiety, which I don't know how crippling that is, but it might be tough to do like gatherings and that kind of stuff, but it it may be required. I don't know. Um, Well, I I think there's a, there's a lot of difference between I'm going to go fly to a place across the country with 1200 people bigger Vegas versus, versus you know, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have a game night or a movie night with with two or three of fat friends Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or a hiking group or kites, you know what there's whatever gets you going. There's someone else out there who enjoys that too. I like the idea of uh, an adult, kite group and people and then like your your kite gets all tangled with a, a meat cute kite. there's the meat cute the yeah. kite yeah. meat cute yeah. I, I i still like the idea of of finding other other chubs in your area yeah and and, and yeah making a community and something you might do with another chub or a chaser i mean you can 
this might be a strange thing to ask a stranger online, but it doesn't have to be a stranger. You could ask someone you know, is, you know, have them look at your ad, have them look at your profile yeah. mm-hmm. and ask them, how am I coming across? What do you get oh, from yeah. this? Oh, Don, tell the story about perception versus how you feel versus how you're perceived in the world. This is like a yeah. perfect example of that. So uh, I have a friend who is an actor and when he moved out to Hollywood, um, like he saw the way Hollywood worked. He worked himself out. He started making himself look really good, started going out and auditioning for roles and couldn't get anything. Couldn't get a callback. Couldn't figure out what's going on. He's like, he's this big, handsome guy, whatever. So based on an, uh, an agent's advice, he went to a mall and just walked around the mall and had friends walk up to strangers, point him out and ask them questions about him. Mm. What are the assumptions you have about this mm-hmm. person? That's brilliant. And because he saw himself as sort of this, you know, geeky, nerdy, uh, he's a kid. dungeon master. Like, a, he, he plays D and D. Yeah. Um, because he saw himself that way, he was he wasn't submitting himself for the action jock, <laughs> which is what he which looks is like. Totally yeah. What he is? He's yeah. this like tall, handsome, yeah. built, yeah. like very, very much visually the opposite of what people would think. Not yeah. the dungeon master. Yeah. Not so at I, all. I feel like our images are so tied up in who we have been through time. That sometimes we're not necessarily focused on who we are right now. Well, you know, that, you know? that goes back to the, the person who wrote in about how do I photograph myself because I'm not attracted to me. I don't know what to show off. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's a brilliant example of that same thing. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we're running a little short. We have time for a bit. Yeah. Okay. So the bit that I thought today, since life and love is like a box of chocolates and oh. it is Valentine's <laughs> Day, I thought each of us might want to take a moment and- Try and describe what sort of candy you would be in the candy box. Yes. If you were. I fan. love this. Dan. Oh. Dan always hates these things. And he loves them. He friggin yes. loves can them. I, can we just start with, <laughs> I, I was watching a cinema sense about Forrest Gump and the, the famous quote is life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to, going to get. And he's like, that's, not how chocolate boxes work. You literally have <laughs> labels of every single chocolate in the box. It's the opposite of how it works. I don't know if back in the 80s and 90s, they just didn't have those layouts. I don't know, but it's it's almost a trope that you take a bite ugh, and then put half a, half a chocolate back in the box. But you have to actively thought, throw away the diagram to do that. But, well, like no, you, I've bought a lot of boxes with, of chocolates where they're not labeled. Yeah. Really? Yeah, lots of them. Every yeah. single one I've ever and had And I can think of a, a lot label. of chocolate eaters who do not want to reference a diagram. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes I, mean, sure. yeah, I want the, the adventure. I want the adventure. But again, like, I feel like that's a choice. Like most Maybe of so. them Maybe come so. with- To this day, like a map. the Catherine's chocolates where I grew up had a chocolate in the box that had a flavor I could not identify, a texture. I could not figure out what it was. Oh, earwax. It was like sugar <laughs> sand with the color of earwax. Um, I hated it. It was disgusting. I wonder if it was honeycomb. Was it honeycomb? No, no, it was not crunchy. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I would have loved a label back then. <laughs> loved a label. Was it, I'm just trying to figure this out. Was it maple-y or peanut-y or? It, it tasted like maple adjacent, but not I wonder not if it was maple. brown sugar, like a brown sugar, kind of like C's has that. It's my favorite flavor there. It was super grainy. It tasted I think like it was probably granulated a sugar. It was and, probably brown sugar. Yeah. Interesting. I would love. Okay, that. so <laughs> who's who's starting us off? I, Trevor has an idea. Of course I he mean, does. So okay. This so is what he does when he can't sleep at night. He <laughs> yeah. thinks about things. Right. Jelly bean would I be? What's the so, perfect? dear listener, if you were opening the box of chocolates that is the Big Fat Gay Podcast, <laughs> and you pu- pluck out well, a thick, rich Trevor to pop into your mouth. 
let me just clarify the rules here first. Are we going for the kind of chocolate that we would like the most or the kind of chocolate that we actually think we are? That we are. Okay, so you have to be very introspective here. What are you as a chocolate? So I feel like I have to play into the like, (laughs) my very Gemini nature. (laughs) So I think, so. okay, so I'm milk chocolate on the outside. Mm -hmm. And then- there is a caramelly, peanutty, like not peanut, but like, I mean, hold on, maybe, okay, hold on, no, let me start over. A, <laughs> there's like this specific type of like, welcome to my world, crunchy, <laughs> peanut, buttery. Is it like a brittle? Or? Not, it's not a brittle. It's, um, <laughs> I actually, I've never been able to identify what this texture is before. Okay. But I actually bought some of this flake stuff. They make crepes really thin and they then dry them out. So it's like little pastry flakes huh. and it creates a crunch. Okay. So like a peanut crunch layer, like peanut butter crunch layer. Mm-hmm. And then a white chocolate caramel. Okay. Interesting. That's very sweet. Very sweet. Yes. So then that, I guess maybe a dark chocolate. Shell. I know, but I like it. Trevor, you're it stealing has, all my ideas. It's dark chocolate outside. <laughs> A white chocolate caramel with this peanut butter crunch layer. Interesting. Good Lord. Interesting. So freaking complicated. I (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm trying to think about what. Dan's like, I'm a nut covered (laughs) in chocolate. (laughs) Just a nut. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for going for me, dog. (laughs) (laughs) I think I feel. Trevor just took all my ideas. So this is not necessarily the, the. type of chocolate I would like the most, but if I'm being truly introspective, I think it would have a, a dark chocolate shell on the outside. Cause I have a lot of duality to my nature as well. You don't see it on the show as much, but I definitely have like a darker side and then a lighter, brighter side. So I think it would be like a dark chocolate shell and then uh, yeah, like a dark chocolate shell and then like a nougat on the inside, maybe like an almond nougat with like little bits of, um, uh, toffee, it's like a tiny little crumbles mm-hmm. of toffee mm-hmm. mixed in. So there's the softness and a crunch. I think that's about as good as I could do without severely overthinking it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think just, just like the very sweet inside and then a, a sort of bitter, dark, dark chocolate outside. Yeah. I think, I think I might be a little bit of, a little bit of the opposite of, of uh, Michael okay. in that I think I'm a milk chocolate shell. Okay. I, th- I think, uh, I think I present a sweetier, gushier mm-hmm. face to the world. I think that I have uh, macadamia nuts inside of me in that nuts are recognizable, but I'm, I'm a little bit different. I'm not your everyday almond. I like to think that I think a little differently from the pack. Okay. And uh, underneath that, there's a base of a dark chocolate. I think inside the milk chocolate, there's sort of an explosion of dark chocolate, um, like truffle. Okay. Right? Okay. That sort of thing. And then not enough to call it a layer, but just around the nut, just that layer of sweetened caramel with a slightly fruity flavor that's unexpected. So it's like Fruit. a can, candied yeah. macadamia it's like nut. A, I think it's like a cherry candied macadamia nut to match against the chocolate. Interesting. That would be me. Cause I feel like I like, I, I feel like I'm very familiar and I feel like um, I am easy to comprehend, but then there's a little twist on things with me. Okay. I am okay. simple with hidden depths. The cherry would be unexpected. That'd yeah. be interesting. 
All right. Mm. All right, Dan. Okay. I, I think You've got this. I, I, <laughs> Dan is like no, peanut. no, I'm not going. I'm not going anywhere you think. Huh? Oh, it's going to surprise everybody. <laughs> me, 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 me. What you got? I keep coming back to, and maybe just because it's confusing for me because I don't, I'm really good with analogies, but I don't, I don't have a big vocabulary of candy. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I like candy. <laughs> um, so I think I, I'm trying to distinguish between what I like and what I think represents Yeah, that, me. that was the hard part for me. Yeah. Because I don't like dark chocolate that much. Um, I think, I think I am definitely, I think dark chocolate does represent me. Uh, I think some sort of uh, espresso on the side mm. represents me. Okay. Um, I, I think walnuts uh, as opposed to, you know, like I usually prefer pecans or peanuts, but I think walnut is more me because of the angularity of the nut. Okay. Interesting. And so what I come back to is this sort of praline which has that texture you actually don't care for, Don, the, the granular, <laughs> wow. yeah. it's very granular sugar, yeah. but it's like in this creamy condensed milk base. But in this case, a walnut. Yeah, but in this case, a walnut instead of pecans, because the pecans get very, uh, they get very soggy very quickly, and I think the the walnut would not. And then, uh, so that with just really brilliant dark espresso, no sugar. Mm. I had you pegged as a cordial. No, no, I don't see that. I, I don't see that at all. I don't even like them. I uh, I don't see the cordial. I I think. Do you remember those mass-produced uh, cordial cherries? Yeah, they used the to cherry, make? cherry. Every mm-hmm. year, we yeah. would buy a box of those for my teacher, and I'm pretty sure that they I throw yeah. them out. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Immediately, immediately in yeah. the trash. <laughs> uh, so gross. I will. You know what? I will out myself. I like those. I know they're trashy, and it's a trashy taste. But fuck I think it. they can I'll, be I'll made like well. But yeah. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter. I will say, as I've gotten older, I cannot have as many of them, but I will definitely have one. I'm picturing Michael is like a little raccoon. <laughs> I was a raccoon for Halloween once. Oh, as a raccoon. I like, had little a, ears. Adorable. I'm picturing him passed out drunk under his desk with the chocolate wrappers everywhere. <laughs> and he lives in the trash can yeah. behind the school and he just waits mm. for the end of the year when the, all the teachers throw out their cherry cordials. <laughs> he takes his little raccoon paws and he's eating them like an apple because yeah. it's scale. Yeah, that's probably the most, <laughs> most accurate. Anthropomorphic <laughs> mean. And, and if they want to send in their drawings of, of Michael looking like that, where would they send them, Trevor? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh God, I need to keep the music for this. All right, uh, go. Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there, five stars everywhere. You can leave us a review. Yeah. yeah. Um, see the, we didn't mention a whole lot, so, but our website is www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. 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 Uh, maybe you're finally, it's the, it's a couple days after Valentine's day and you have finished your giant coffee table size box of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this floor is littered with those little paper cups. Yeah. You're knocking at the door and you're, you're wading through them. They're waist high. <laughs> it was so many chocolates. <laughs> And you answer the door and it's, oh no, it's little raccoon Michael. And he's going <laughs> to, he's going to get your, the cordials you didn't eat. So watch out. And we love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day.